Chapter 7 of Ronald and I, or Studies from Life, by Alfred Prater. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7, Ronald's Courtship. 1. I have been looking through all my old letters tonight. It is a strange sensation in these days, when the shuttle spins so fast, to reread the letters between childhood and manhood. All details seem softened, viewed through the haze of time human nature was or it seems to me so much kindlier then than now what pleasant ghosts are raised by these old letters what touches that one missed in them in the hurried feverish days when they were written in so very many cases too the hands that penned them are still i have come upon one item from ronald written when he was just twenty-five it is singularly devoid of romance compared with many of the others and has brisked me up considerably when i was verging on melancholia dear fred it runs i shall want you for a wedding a month hence guess the name of the happy lady no more escapades from yours respectably ronald who was she and how had he managed it were the questions i asked myself at the time somehow or other i couldn't imagine ronald proposing to his lady-love in a conventional christian-like way true time had sobered him considerably he was now a handsome young fellow living quietly and sedately with his uncle at broadwater not easy to recognize as the lad who had discomfited an itinerant preacher and played the stable-boy on the race-course at bayview but the spirit of bohemianism dies hard, and I was possessed with the idea that even in the act of placing himself for life, Ronald would make opportunity for a final fling. He was having a really bad time of it with his uncle, and in spite of occasional outbursts, when the Viking blood got the better of him, had been fairly amenable to discipline. The old man, I know, must have been a constant thorn in his flesh very selfish and very dogmatic on all points especially politics if he could have reasoned logically himself or have listened to reason in others he would have been less objectionable but he formed his opinions on grounds as strictly illogical as does the average woman and to do him justice never abandoned them for example what a grand speech that was of gladstone's yesterday ronald do you think so sir it seemed a trifle commonplace to me in comparison with dizzy's reply oh pshaw dizzy's no speaker at all compared with him did you ever hear him sir never and don't want to then you have read his speeches sir never and i hope i never may this was his recognized line of argument heaven save the mark on all topics yet to differ from any of his conclusions was a most serious offence which ronald in time learned how to avoid his own part in a conversation became limited to a series of characterless phrases yes sir no sir of course sir which passed muster as entirely satisfactory occasionally it is true they were flavoured with a salt of sarcasm but as this only rebounded harmlessly without piercing his uncle's pachydermatous hide the peace was seldom broken between them outsiders were less merciful growing a trifle dogmatical is hayward isn't he one club member would say to another when a theory accepted obediently by my uncle's household had been thrust a little prematurely down a stranger's throat 
but there he's getting on in years uh, sixty i should say if he's a day and we shall all of us like our own way then indeed youngsters like it too as a master of trinity found with his junior fellows not one of us is infallible he said to them not even the youngest it was a gentlemanly face was old hayward's though if you happened to be a judge of faces you would probably have added a weak one yes and uh, no not strong certainly in intellect or knowledge though the features are scored with deep-cut lines that might be mistaken by the casual observer for traces of reflective thought but lines traced by the hand of intellect ennoble and brighten the face even in the act of carving it these had only soured and embittered it such strength as they show is the strength of a dogged persistency which clings to an opinion right or wrong because it admits no counter-argument and always carries its point by a process of blank obstructiveness but each victory thus gained is of the nature of a defeat narrowing and confining the soul still more within its self-imposed limits deafening it to the interests of an outer world and to the joys and sorrows of humanity at large his sister was a tall angular woman with thin compressed lips and a cold grey eye betokening a far more active and aggressive will but probably no two people were ever more entirely in harmony till ronald sowed dissension between them even dissimilarities in their case became points of agreement for instance the uncle read much and forgot all that he read while she read nothing and had consequently nothing to forget then again they were united in their devotion to comfort for which each required the other wider forms of attachment they ignored and dispensed with as unprofitable for the furtherance of the main issue friends servants animals who were found detrimental simply disappeared without comment as unobtrusively as did the obnoxious teachers in madame beck's famous pensionnette in the rue fossette in the art of nagging our uncle was supreme bearing out sarah grand's theory that women are nowhere in this province which has been reckoned peculiarly their own curling himself up gracefully in his favourite armchair and lighting a cigar he would prepare himself to enjoy it sometimes the attack would be sudden and wanting in delicacy ronald i wish you would manage to be down in time for dinner ronald be it observed had been five minutes late but yet five minutes prior to its announcement by the butler my tie was just so infirm intolerably hard to fasten sir i must get a jemima a jemima shouted the uncle scandalized at the idea of ronald contemplating the introduction of some rustic handmaid what on earth do you mean a handmade tie sir the pun is yours old man not mine besides the uncle wouldn't have seen it even if he'd given me the chance r a mollified pause of ten minutes the next time he would preface his thrust with a feint to throw ronald off his guard what a wonderfully nice young fellow carter is gets himself up as if he were living in town i do like to see a fellow wear a tall hat on sundays it's far and away more respectable than a round one ronald was incorrigible in this respect and became as the deaf adder five minutes grace 
how that fellow stanton did talk at dinner one couldn't get a word in edgeways by the by i think you talk a little too freely ronald to men older and wiser than yourself semper ego auditor tantum muttered ronald what is it you are saying ronald i do wish you would speak up i said i would only listen in future sir numquamne repondem the latter sotto voce there you are a muttering again i was only saying i wished i could write a book sir miss hayward couldn't hold a candle to her brother in this particular department she lacked altogether the delicacy of finesse which is essential to its development and strange to say possessed in a high degree by people of feeble intelligence but she seconded him bravely in cases where temper and determination would serve its purpose here it was to advocate stronger measures and hers was the master mind she was not without a suspicion that time and reiteration had blunted the edge of her brother's innuendo when therefore she was called in for consultation ronald knew that it betokened a definite and concerted campaign he would be sent to coventry or fed on roast pork and specialties that his soul abhorred or for his age have been whipped finally and in the last resort his pocket-money would be docked a punishment that was known to be effective spending little upon himself he had always a band of pensioners who were dependent on him for assistance so it was through them that he could most surely be reached seething the kid in the mother's milk as we are told in kenilworth is an occupation that offers a wide field to the ingenuity of the inventive two's company and three's none muttered ronald when on entering a room suddenly he found an animated conversation drop suddenly into silence while an echo of his own escapades and iniquities lingered in the air a strange and melancholy life it was for a lad of ronald's temperament a strange and incongruous fellowship for east is east and west is west and never the twain shall meet yet it had in it one redeeming feature only a mile from broadwater in the white house that nestles in the heart of the valley just visible to us over a depression in the lulls lived a young widow of twenty-eight ronald's dearest friend and his comforter and consoler whenever the monotony of existence seemed almost intolerable to the lad just entering on manhood the coalition between ronald and mrs thorpe was regarded with extreme disfavour by the uncle making a milksop of the lad he called it sneeringly but the villagers one and all of them were emphatic in their praise a nice young couple they'd make said old widow denvers i only hope it may come off and that i may be alive to see it and love each other they do already unless my old eyes deceive me see how he follows her about and well-nigh worships the ground she treads on why he'd be at thorpe hill all day if only that old aunt of his didn't watch him like a cat drat her a feeling of companionship had steadily grown up between them the almost daily meetings and constant interchange of ideas had produced their natural result and the companionship that had at first been a pleasure had long become a necessity yet strange to say neither had recognized the fact ronald himself would have scouted the idea possessed of not a penny in his own rights and dependent only on what his uncle allowed him he would have ridiculed the notion of asking the richest woman in the county to become his wife 
Indeed, it was the deterrent influence of their relative positions that had excluded the possibility from finding a place among the contingencies of his life. Yet she was, however unwittingly, who was the cause of Ronald's last escapade. The idea had frequently occurred to him that she had inspired his uncle with the nearest approximation to love of which his nature was capable not according to the accepted traditions of love-making nor exhibited in a manner that would be patent to the world at large but he showed her attentions that he withheld from all other women he would inquire solicitously after her health and the health of her dogs in huge grandisonian phrases above all he would vacate for her his favourite armchair and wave her into it with a bow of old-world politeness to his sister who ruled his household the chair in question was rigorously debarred then again she was a liberal in politics not that this counted for much because he maintained that women should be allowed no politics at all beyond presenting a feeble reflex of the man who was nearest or dearest to them much as he hated conservatism he would sooner have seen the wife of his friend jacobs pose as the rankest of tories than at variance with her husband in a way so subversive of the relation of the sexes what a blessing it is to get across here for a change of air said ronald flinging himself down on a chair in mrs thorpe's drawing-room where she was arranging her flowers for the day well what's the matter now is it the aunt or the uncle who has ruffled you this morning not so much the people as the atmosphere the air seems laden with small trivialities i feel like the man in pilgrim's progress who lived in a cloud of dust that he was constantly raising whereas life ought to be lived in a breezy upland with your face to the sea i think i understand what you mean though your reminiscences of bunyan are a trifle mixed and perhaps the dust is better for you not a bit of it when it's of one's own making now you haven't a scrap of dust in your house i'm not so sure look at that piano anyhow you didn't come all this way so early in the morning to treat me to a revised version of bunyan's allegory what's the matter ronald i believe the old man's jealous of me he says i'm over here too often that people are beginning to talk and all manner of rot i'm almost sure he wants to marry you himself my dear boy you're dreaming do you think that i would abandon my independence and all my advanced theories on women to adopt your uncle's musty antediluvian ideas not a bit of it why i'd sooner marry you if the worst came to the worst though even that wouldn't suit me either it would suit me muttered ronald just down to the ground the uncle's sight had of late been failing him owing to some weakness or lesion of the nerve that no spectacles could remedy under these circumstances his favourite amanuensis was ronald for though i regret to say it his sister's spelling was occasionally defective and his uncle was particular above all things that his correspondence should be strictly orthographic not that this characteristic could be imputed to miss hayward as a fault especially in these days when even peeresses i am told have adopted phonetic spelling and orthography has been relegated to our village schools as the symbol of a lower and less intellectual class 
but the uncle was conservative in everything but politics and regarded the innovation as a forecast of the nation's decadence one morning he called ronald into his study with a thoughtful preoccupied air that betokened business of more than average importance ronald i'm thinking of marrying and who do you suppose is my choice a great friend of yours by the way mrs thorpe i like her amazingly a most well-bred woman who will look famously at the head of my table then again she's got money though it's true i don't want it and her property marches with mine and we'll enclose it all in a ring fence and have the finest estate in the county she's got a few crotchets i know but they'll soon be ousted when she's found a sensible man to advise her i grant i'm a trifle old for her but people think nothing of that in these days when the fault is on the right side what do you say to it a good idea isn't it uh, very good indeed sir said ronald demurely but doubtingly you ain't very hearty about it ronald i expected you to jump at the suggestion indeed i thought you were a little gone on her yourself and would have welcomed her warmly for your aunt you're across at her house pretty well every day yes sir i am and i do like her very much indeed i wouldn't have minded marrying her myself good lord if that doesn't beat everything a mere boy like you without a penny in the world except what you get from me and i'm not dead yet by a long way ronald you to be in love with the richest woman in the county god bless me what are the boys coming to but there it's nonsense put it out of your head my lad and sit down and write what i tell you the letter when it was forwarded ran thus dear mrs thorpe i write on a subject that touches very nearly the happiness of my future life it touches mine r you must have seen i imagine how much i have admired and loved you my sentiments exactly r nor can you be blind to the fact that no other woman occupies the place in my esteem which has been wholly given to you couldn't have expressed myself better r i now offer you my hand and heart savors of the complete letter-writer but true notwithstanding are together with all my worldly possessions fifty pound all included are you know i fancy my ways and habits as no other woman can know them too well by half are my temper is equable and i am i think companionable query are my nephew ronald will continue to live with us you know him well i should think just think so r he is a really good-hearted well-meaning lad thanks old man r but a little uppish at times and thinks he knows everything like all the boys of the present day i retract my thanks r but i fancy that you and he will get on together admirably r i shall await your answer with impatience and anxiously hope it may be favourable to me r i remain your sincere admirer a hayward your loving friend r the answer came next day and was a crushing blow to my uncle's hopes 
she thanked him gratefully for the offer and regretted the disappointment her answer would cause him but her affections she said had long been bestowed on his nephew and she had lately had reason to believe italics at ronald's request that the feeling was reciprocated she was in a position she added to disregard monetary considerations in the choice of a husband there was strife within the gates of broadwater on the announcement of ronald's engagement the uncle was furious at being supplanted this second time and to make matters worse the offender in this case was the nephew of his choice so wroth was he that he nearly made me his heir out of spite and for two or three days my price rose considerably on the matrimonial market but on giving tongue to his wrath he found himself without a supporter a servile war had broken out to quote from camatha sweetest of all love stories but great dionysius what greek and his sister was in a state of open rebellion it was she who headed the rising and with her went all the servants which left our uncle in a minority of one she was naturally enough well pleased at the progress of events and anticipated with satisfaction the continuance of her reign ronald as soon as his month's probation was ended was thankful to be received out of the fray into the sanctuary of thorpe not that he was at peace even there his conscience gave him twinges and i had a word to say to him on the subject and his wife had a word or two more but it was all for his good and he had brought it upon himself by treating matrimony of all estates in the world in a spirit of graceless levity and what of myself well reader i had lost my chance or perhaps willingly foregone it all ronald's pet schemes had been safe in my hands and i was little likely to oppose the present one when almost from the first i had pictured its realization and seen how necessary it was to the happiness and stability of his life my unselfishness call it passivity if you will carried with it its own reward for neither of the two was happy without me and thorpe hill practically became my home End of chapter seven